Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, and health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. One of the things that I thought would be interesting right now, we're in a bit of a trying time, um, would be to talk about inspiration. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is raise a very strong daughter, somebody that is going to grow into a strong woman, and trying to expose her to different thoughts. And part of the way that I am taking that on is to spend time looking to women that inspire me and thinking a lot about um, some of the words that they're putting forward and how that could maybe apply to to young people and hoping that... Uh, that some of that wisdom will then pass along to my daughter. So I thought it'd be fun to do like a top five women that are inspiring me right now kind of list. So the first one is Michelle Obama. She is definitely a strong woman and gives so many examples. Her story is magnificent. And one of the things that I think for me, she maybe seems like an obvious choice, but I wasn't somebody that paid really that much attention to American politics when she was in the White House. You know, I, I'm i not American. I had a lot of things going on in my own life. It just wasn't something that I dialed into on a daily basis and heard constantly. Certainly so happy to see um, Barack Obama elected as the first black president. Um, definitely thought it was monumental for sure, but I didn't follow the politics on the day-to-day to know what what the Obamas were up to. Definitely saw the headlines about um, Michelle having very strong arms and things like that, but beyond that, didn't really know much of her day-to-day, and I definitely didn't know her backstory. I had heard a little bit more about Barack Obama's backstory, but definitely not Michelle's. So hearing that, um, you know, she grew up and was kind of doing well in school from a young age, but then, um, you know, eventually was able to go to Princeton. She, uh, you know, talks about having a guidance counselor or a teacher that actually didn't think she was Princeton material and how she, she proved them wrong. Goes on to Harvard Law, then eventually gets a job at, um, a well-known legal firm in the U.S., and and that's where she met Barack Obama. But from there, she then made some choices at, to leave the legal profession and then also made choices to be closer at different times in her life with the kids and be available to them. So I think she's an amazing role model. She was such a strong first lady And she's aging so well. You know, she seems like she's not stopping anytime soon, though she does say at some point soon they will step back from the limelight. But you don't know, right? Um, Her book Becoming was very well done. I think it was such a great um, anthology of her life. And 
I did find it a little hard getting into at the beginning, I will say, but as I kind of got more to um, it further into the story, really loved it. And then I was lucky enough to go uh, to see her on tour. She did a becoming almost like a book tour and she came to Ottawa in October 2019. And so I got to sit for I think it was about an hour and a half and just listen to a Q&A type format of all of her wisdom. She is so passionate about health. Uh, th- that's one of the things that she worked really hard on when she was in the White House was, you know, exposing children, especially to healthy practices, healthy food. The idea of community gardens was something that she cared a lot about. And then also, inspiring young people like she said that is that is her biggest passion working with young people and I think it's just amazing how can you not be inspired so if you haven't read the book I would definitely say do that you obviously with coronavirus can't see her on tour anytime soon and I do think that that has wrapped up but there is a documentary uh, called Becoming on Netflix right now so you can get a lot of her story even from there and uh, and see what an amazing person that she is and hopefully be inspired yourself. So the second person on my most inspiring list is Glennon Doyle. So a few episodes ago in the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, episode 25, I did a review of Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. And so if you want to go back to episode 25 and hear all about the wisdom of, wisdom of that book, you can totally do that. Um, but I will say that beyond the book in particularly, I do find Glennon Doyle to be super inspiring as a woman. There have been so many quotes from that book or from social media that she's made that I I think of honestly on a daily basis. It's really made me rethink feminism to understand some of her thoughts about how we're programmed in a certain way to believe women need to be in a certain way and how we can can kind of rail against that and look at things a little bit differently so I would recommend, as I did in 25, to read her book. Um, but I'm one of the other things that I am also really inspired from her is that besides the focus on feminism in the book, there is such a piece about finding your own knowing. And this is something that I would love to do myself is start checking in more with what you know, not what you've been taught, not what you think you should think, not what you think others think you should think. Um, You know, we do that to ourselves so often. We box ourselves in to making decisions that we think society wants us to make or will not judge us for or we're worried someone will judge us so we make a decision in a certain way not to get judged and we get judged anyway all these things happen and what she really talks about is tuning into your knowing and she says that she started spending a few minutes every single day and to me it kind of kind of sounds like meditation but what she called it was tuning into her knowing spending a little bit of time on her own even like just hold up in your closet. I want to say that that's how she started. And 
just getting to know yourself. What do you think about things? And then once you start tuning that instrument, you can use it more is basically her advice. And that you'll get to the point where you're not sitting in indecision all the time. You know, one of the hallmarks of anxiety is not um, getting to points where you're very indecisive, not being able to make a decision. And I see it sometimes definitely when I get ramped up that even the smallest thing I can't decide on. And yet there are other times when I'm feeling good and I'm in that good, calm state less anxious, where decisions come easily. And so I think if you are working on this knowing, that could definitely help long-term. So this is kind of one of my to-dos, I would say, at this point. And that's why I'm very inspired by Glennon. I think she is somebody that says the things that we all need to hear and maybe even what some of us are thinking and lets that be okay and puts it out there, even when it's sometimes a little bit scary. The other thing, I'm very inspired by her philanthropy work. Her charity Together Rising um, seems to be very effective. And, um, you know, they say that they only, the average donation is $25. So they're not looking for everybody to pledge like thousands and thousands of dollars or something to them that it's kind of built on the idea that small amounts can go a long way. So I think that's very inspiring as well. Somebody that's actually walking the walk. They're saying they want to do good. They're saying that um, causes are important to them and they're actually doing the good. So I find that to be a great inspiration as well. So number three, again, if you're somebody that's listened to the podcast a little bit, you probably expect to see this person on here, but it is Rachel Hollis. So I do find Rachel so inspiring. And I will say that during this coronavirus time, the way that Rachel Hollis has changed has been very interesting. So at the beginning of the coronavirus quarantine self-isolation time. Um, I had, right before this happened, went to go see her live. Uh, episode 8, I do a review of my experience at RISE Conference, RISE Toronto 2020, where, you know, there was so much great advice. Rachel was there and Dave was there and Trent Shelton and a whole bunch of other people. And it was amazing. And then... A week or two, I want to even say within a week, we were into this uh, coronavirus situation. And initially, the Hollis company, their focus was on pivoting. And Rachel was out there right away saying, I'm pivoting my business. And they did Rise Virtual Conference. And then um, they went right into their challenge, which was next 90 days. So trying to get people to focus on healthy habits, even while in um, the quarantine self-isolation period. So, so much happening. And then we hit a point where things just went completely silent. And nobody knew what was really going on. And I thought, this is strange. Like they were doing their morning shows. The challenge, the 90 day challenge wasn't even over. And uh, it just seemed really confusing. And then I think it was a Monday night. um, 
the post came up from both Rachel and Dave Hollis saying that they were getting divorced and that part of the reason things had went quiet was that they were processing the divorce in real time and that, um, you know, they were they were hoping for a little bit of quiet um, in terms of social media from people. Now, unfortunately, this came at the same time that the Black Lives Matters um, movement was going very strong. And I think a lot of people got upset with Rachel because she wasn't um, either echoing or posting about the current or at that time situation. And um, so she, I guess, in the in the time from then has had some criticism there. And, you know, I can I can see, obviously, she was doing her own thing, but I can see that people felt upset or abandoned um, in that case because they saw her as somebody that's so inspiring and is able to use her platform for good, and she wasn't doing that. And um, I think now she's trying to make sure that people understand where she's at. With that, I've noticed on the Rise podcast recently, she has been um, having conversations and trying to get the message out there um, with how important the Black Lives Matter movement is. And then she's also, after announcing that, and and she had been talking about the divorce for, um, or sorry, she had been working on a book during quarantine was one of the big things. She was like, that was one of her pivots, that she's creating a book. And the book is on dealing with grief and dealing with different hard things. So putting your life back together when your world falls apart is the subtitle. And her book is going to be called Didn't See That Coming. And so all while she was writing this book, then the divorce announcement happens. And then I guess she worked to re rewrite parts of the book. And and so it is going to be coming out, I believe, in September. And she is trying to slowly release a little bit, I think, on the personal life. And I've seen similar um, glimpses into kind of what has happened between the two of them from Dave. And I think they're walking a fine line. I mean, they don't necessarily want every little detail put out there. They've got kids, all the things. Um but I think it it is inspiring to see somebody that is being true to themselves and is still going about doing a business that, you know, has been doing very well. And she's she's working hard. She's working hard to keep things going despite um, challenges in her personal life right now. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how she navigates divorce. And I think we'll kind of see that in real time, glimpses from here and there. And uh, it is sad. I mean, I, I really think Dave is an amazing speaker as well and, and inspirational. But, um, you know, Rachel is kind of the, the root of that company. And so we'll see what happens. Initially, they had said that they were both going to continue working um, at the Hollis Co. And I think that's still happening. But I did notice Dave said at one point that he has taken a step back a little bit from the company and is focusing more on his podcast and um, on, you know, he's a fitness instructor. They've released their app and things like that. So a little bit different. But you know what? I still find Rachel to be a huge inspiration. A lot of her 
teachings on moving 30 minutes every day, drinking water, you know, making goals for yourself, all of that I think is is still spot on in terms of what we need to see in order to make that practical change in our lives that maybe we're looking for. So my next inspirational woman is Jen Hatmaker. I have recently been very inspired by her podcast and I'm just starting her book. I'm about a quarter of a way through Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire. So I will definitely do kind of a book report on that, book review once I finish that up. But one of the things that I love about Jen is she talks a lot about equality between men and women. You know, she's very supportive of the LGBTQ community and has had a lot of really forward-thinking, inspirational people on her podcast. She is somebody that spent a long time, from what I'm understanding from her book, silencing herself. She felt that that was what was required as part of the Christian community. And when I went to Rise 2020 in Toronto, she told an amazing story at the Rise conference that is actually in her book. So I may read it on the book review uh, podcast as well, but she talks about showing up to a speaking engagement where she thought it was going to be for the church, the whole church, and she gets there and it turns out it is actually the preacher introduces her and says, you know, this is for you ladies today. And the men can kind of peek over the shoulders of the women and try to understand some of the lessons that come out of it. That's kind of the the really short version. She tells it way better in the book and in person. But what I loved about this is it does get down to inequality between men and women, particularly in jobs. And I mean, So many women have felt that. So many women have felt that less than, that it's harder for them compared to a man who might be in their situation. Um, Definitely, there are so many words for women when they're strong. And I've definitely been conscious about this, especially with my daughter, because I want to make sure that she is getting messaging to be strong in the same way that I would message my son. I think I know growing up, I was called bossy and things like that. And so it is a challenge to rail against that in terms of raising a strong daughter that doesn't have to fight against that kind of um, messaging about being smaller than, being less than kind of thing compared to the male species. So I do love um, Jen's messaging on that. And I mentioned a million times about her series that they did on the For the Love podcast on the Enneagram. So that was a wonderful one as well. But she's got a bunch of different series um, in different uh, areas if you check out the For the Love podcast. I talk about the Enneagram and Jen series in episode 24 of this podcast if you're interested to give that a listen as well. But um, I, like I said, I'll get more into Jen in a future podcast, but I am finding her to be a great inspiration right now. 
And the last person on my list of top five inspirational women, which I really could have picked so many, right? But um, these are the ones that just came to mind. Um, Maybe I'll do another version when I come up with five more, is Liz Gilbert. So I've not minced words on how much I love Elizabeth Gilbert on this podcast. I did a whole piece on creativity and talking about um, her book, Big Magic, and how, how inspiring I felt that to be. That is episode 16. But beyond that, many of you know Liz Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which became a movie with Julia Roberts. And incidentally, I just I got thinking about her because I tossed that movie on in the gym last week and, and watched it dur- over a couple of workouts. And my gosh, it's so good. But her personal life is so fascinating. And then she tends to include some of her personal life in some of her books. So, you know, I didn't realize, I did watch Eat, Pray, Love way back in the day when it came out, but didn't really realize that it was so autobiographical, I guess, and and that she then did um, marry her love from that and, and then eventually did get divorced. And then, um, you know, even though she... So I guess that would be her second divorce. She had been divorced at the beginning of Eat, Pray, Love, got married, divorced again. Um, And then she did have love again several times, I believe. You know, she talks about um, a very tender love that she had with um, a woman named Rhea as well and, and who did pass away and how sad that was. Um, so she's just got such an amazing story and such an amazing life. And if you ever can hear her on a podcast, so she did recently do the Rachel Hollis Rise podcast. She's been on the For the Love podcast with Jen Hatmaker, I believe, and, um, several others. I heard her on Russell Brand's podcast too. So I tend to just kind of search around a little bit to hear Liz. She's often on Instagram and she'll do these just amazing Instagram stories and lives where she will just share some of her wisdom. She does have a number of both nonfiction and fiction books, which I find to be super inspiring because I think given that I'm writing a fiction book, but I know there are some nonfiction books in here. And I just think that it is so cool that she has this ability to to write both. And she just, to me, seems like that classic writer. Even when I see her clothes, like, I'm just like, yes, of course, you know, she has this scarf on and this, like, baggy sweater. And she just, it looks, you know, like a fabulous writer. She got big glasses and and all the things. So I really find um, a lot of her teaching, especially on creativity, to pop in my mind constantly, just the way that um, she looks at things. And Um, some of her quotes about, you know, people really aren't thinking about you. And, you know, I talk in episode 16, where, you know, she makes references to a creator, what a creator is and a maker, and how those are really the same kind of thing. And, and it's just a whole mindset. And it's just hearing her perspective on creativity has just made me own it so much more. And when I get into these funks, I think, ah, it's because I haven't created anything. Even if that is creating, 
you know, a decent looking house and it in a day, you know, it maybe just means I need to clean, but some, sometimes I just have to make something. So I love um, her perspectives there and uh, hopefully you will follow her as well on uh, Instagram and some of the other places to get a little bit of inspiration. And hopefully this top five um, rang true with you as well or or makes a little bit of sense or maybe includes something that or somebody that you would be interested in learning more about. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. As always, this podcast is based on my experience and should not be construed as medical or professional help in any way. The podcast is sponsored by doTERRA. If you're interested in learning more about doTERRA's oils, which can be so supportive, um, I put them on all the time when I'm working out in the gym, and it just helps to uh, brighten up my morning as I'm working through all the workouts. If you want to hear more about doTERRA, please contact me at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com and I can hook you up with a wholesale account. Otherwise, you could message me on Instagram. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing um, or reviewing the podcast. And also, you can check out my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com, or follow me on Instagram. It's at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady Gluten, L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N. See you next week, and thanks for listening.